Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Alema Harrington coming up here momentarily. Of course, uh, Alema of AT&T Sports fame hosts the Jazz pre-half and post-game with uh, Thurl Bailey and Michael Smith from time to time. And we, it seems like we haven't talked to Alema in a minute, Gordo, so it's going to be fun to talk to him. No, I think the last time we talked to him, he insulted my wardrobe. Oh, yeah, he did insult your wardrobe. I think it was your hat, wasn't it? No, I think it was just me. Just just, just your wardrobe in general? Where, well, Alema has a very different uh, approach to fashion than you, Gordon. He always has. He's always been a sharp-dressed man. And weren't we talking about that Mr. Mac thing where he was decking out a listener? Wasn't that, wasn't that where the conversation <laughs> came up? I, I said I could... Uh, I could uh, deck a, a listener out uh, every bit as well as he could or something like and, that. And his reaction was that of? I think it was laughter. I think it was, too. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think it was. Well, Lemma's a well-dressed guy. What can I say? Uh, yeah, I might actually go with him, too. But Lemma and I mean, Thurl. I drove both of them in there. That's a, that's, yeah. a well, that's a well-dressed studio show right there. <laughs> that's, who's You know, the thing about it is that that Alema used to outshine everybody, but uh, you're right, uh, Thurl. T holds his own. Yes, he does. Yeah, he holds his own on that show. And, and of course, mm-hmm. uh, they do a, a really terrific job. And we, we talked to David a little bit about the, the role of the local broadcast, and he doesn't know, but he gave us you know a couple. He kind of doubts he's going down there. I would be surprised if the TV crews are going down there too. But uh, I hope, and I would guess, that we're going to have some some local TV and radio coverage for this thing, at least oh, for yeah. the at least for the regular season. And I think that would be fitting. I, yeah, just like you said, that would actually be kind of cool. Well, I mean, it's better than than nothing, that's for sure. So, I mean, if they have to watch it off a monitor, then so be it. You know, we still want to hear their voices. But I will say this: uh, you know, let's not get used to that. Other sports have gone to you know having their broadcasts done. I, I like I like that Bowler and Harping and Locke. I like I like that they all go to the games, well, and I think you get a better feel with yeah, that. So I hope that no that doubt. continues. But I remember uh, was it Ronald Reagan who used to do radio broadcasts off a game that uh, he was uh, he was he was not at. I mean, I don't know how they were doing that. Ronnie but, uh, called games. I thought I heard that once. I, maybe I'm uh, misremembering. We'll have, but, to, we'll have to Google that. Or maybe they were even doing sound effects and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know. Something crazy like that. All right. Getting creative. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Uh, visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now from AT&T Sportsnet, our friend Alema Harrington. And first and foremost, Alema, uh, how are you and yours? Everybody doing all right? Everybody's doing well, man. We are... Uh... We're living the dream as as well as you can in COVID nineteen and and uh, during the quarantine and all of that. So yeah, thank you for asking, and and uh, we are doing well. Good. So Alima, let me ask you this question: What and I and this is really a serious question. What are you doing to keep to keep your wits about you? What are you doing to stay sane? Are you uh, going for walks? You going for runs? You're riding a bike? What's keeping your spirits up? Well, I, I, I exercise. I mean, I'm one of those guys that at my age, 54 years old, you know, I, I do a lot of stretching slash, you know, quote unquote yoga. 
um, and go on walks and things like that and, and do that to just try to get out in the open air and, and, um, and uh, you know, feel, feel you know, the, at least my blood going through my body a little bit. And then at the same time, and you guys know this, you know, I do, I do work with a, a treatment center. I uh, just started with a place called Ardu. Uh, down in Provo, and I get an opportunity this morning. I did group uh, out there. I'm a licensed counselor in the substance use disorder counseling um, in in that arena, and so I get a chance to to do that. Get my mind and uh, body and spirit kind of uh, working in harmony with that. And then the other thing that that I've been doing, which has been great, is Bowler and I do a thing called Ghost Cast uh, on Wednesdays. And if you you don't know what that is, then go and download the, the app on the app store. And um, we do a live show uh, every Friday at five o'clock, or excuse me, Wednesday at five o'clock. And we just jump on and we, we uh, kind of rehash the, you know, the stories for the week and, and maybe give some updates on anything that might be available as far as, you know, what our broadcast plans are. And I heard you guys talking a little bit about that. And and um, Jake, I didn't know that you were so close with uh, President Ronald Reagan that you just referred to him as Ronnie. That's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, me and Barack are like that too. You know, me and Barry, because uh, we went to the same high school. Punahou, so, Punahou, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, um, and, and that's fun for, for me to get together with Bowler uh, and, and jump on Ghostcast and and do a half hour to an hour. You know, because of the format of the platform, it's, you know, an app that you can you can get. Uh, you can just tune in and we can go live at any time. But we let people know, you know, through Twitter or whatever that, hey, we're going to go live at five o'clock. We're going to talk about a few different things. And and so for, for me, it's great to be with Bowler because uh, I think we all have the, the same level of respect for this man. He's, a, he's an amazing broadcaster and a great guy. So I just jump over. I go over to his house and. And you know, do a few chores before to get you know get stuff done around the house at, at his place, and then <laughs> then he allows me to jump jump on and we we do we do a little ghost cast. So that that's a good time. And and you know, just to, to update everybody, and and you may may or may not have already talked about this. You know, we we do a broadcast uh, Zoom meeting for the jazz broadcasters. Uh, both uh, radio and television. So David Locke was on that that Zoom call earlier today, along with Matt Bowler, Big T, Thurl Bailey, um, and KK, and and myself, and then along with you know the guys that that are our group, Travis Henderson, of course, kind of running the the operations, along with uh, Jeremy Castro, and we just talk you know through kind of what the scenarios are and and just trying to stay up to date with with you know, where we're headed right now, now that we know that we have a target uh, set for, for July 30th, all things, you know, hoping that, that they fall into place with, you know, players and, and uh, some of their concerns. Alema Harrington, sorry, go ahead, Gordon. Yeah, I just wanted, before we just roll on by that, I just wondered if, Alema, are you in your PHS Hall of Fame along with Barack Obama? <laughs> I am not. My father is in... And the, you know, that the, the Punahou uh, started off as, it's one of the, the older schools actually in the country, um, but it started off as the, the Oahu College. So um, Oahu being, you know, the island that, that we're on, that main island. And so the Sons of Oahu was the name that they had for all of the men's athletic teams 
at Punahou. My father is in the uh, Sons of Oahu Hall of Fame, but uh, somehow I, ha- I have not been inducted or elected <laughs> or maybe not even been on a ballot to this point. I got to... I gotta find out what's going on. Gotta make that happen. Uh, he is our friend Alema Harrington with us here on 97.5 and, and 1280 the Zone. And uh, Alema, I'm gonna blindside you with something a little heavy, but I, I'm curious to get your your perspective. And you mentioned the work that you've been doing, and and have uh, been doing with uh, people bat- battling substance abuse. And Gordon and I, uh, we we started a conversation that started off kind of casual, but it ended up in in uh, a, a different place. But in the NBA, they're not going to test for marijuana in this bubble experiment and that led us to the conversation of athletes and pain management and Mm. how we now we don't talk about that enough we don't talk about different ways for athletes to cope with their their pain and i want to get your perspective on that and and you don't need to talk about marijuana if you don't know if you don't want to but i i think that this pain management with athletes in their bodies is a topic that we need to speak about more Absolutely. You know, I, I think, you know, I think it's a great conversation that, that needs to happen more often and in and, and more depth uh, about, you know, how do you manage pain? And for me, um, you know, I have had for now three back surgeries and, and um, I was dealing and deal at times with chronic pain. And it wasn't until, you know, I had made the commitment to get off of all of the opioids and not use that ever again, um, unless I'm having surgery. And, and for me, it was when I finally made that commitment that I opened my mind to the possibility that there are other ways to deal with your pain. And because, you know, the opiates are so instant and it's easy. Um, but the, 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 the downside, um, and the side effects are, are horrible and horrific and can be disastrous and, and destroy a person's life, which they, they did for me. And so I love the, the idea that we, we have a conversation about how, because this is a very real thing and people that have had chronic pain know it. It can, it can suck the life out of you when you're dealing with that. And if you tell somebody that, okay, opiates are no longer an option, for, for some people, that, that's going to be, you know, an, almost an impossibility. But for the majority, there's going to be other ways that you can deal with pain, whether it's, you know, holistic healing and, and uh, things that you can do with mindfulness. Um, there's, you know, stretching. There's, there's other um, – and there are a lot of different um, techniques that they can use to try to alleviate pain. And at the same time, you know, one of the important things, messages that, that I share – when I'm working with clients that, that are dealing with some level of pain is that somehow as a society, we have come to this, this belief uh, almost universally that, that pain is bad. Like you cannot have pain when the, the reality is pain is part of life. And so, you know, I think we've to a degree raised the generation that believes that, that you just can't deal with any pain. If you have any type of pain or discomfort, then immediately, immediately we go to the, to the medicine chest and, and, and to the pharmacy and, and see what the, the resolution is for my pain as opposed to understanding that maybe there's a way to minimize the pain but not get rid of it entirely. And so we're looking at other ways to deal with minimizing that pain and then ways to deal with the pain. The, the bottom line or the truth is that you're going to have pain in your life. 
Um, and so, you know, whether you're an NFL player or, you know, a, a guy working in an office or you're, you're out mowing lawns, you're, you're going to deal with that. And it's figure out ways to be able to handle the pain. But I think that one of the first steps is understanding there will be pain. There will be pain in our lives. That's just part of it. And if we can accept that and embrace that, then, you know, I think we, we can head in the right direction. I mean this uh, sincerely. I don't think I'd, I can think of anybody else I'd rather have doing the job that you're doing in that regard. So good on you for uh, the, the, the contributions you're making to to, to human lives who, who are in uh, in need of your counsel. So uh, I just wanted to congratulate you for that. And, and thanks for covering that, Alema. I, I, yeah. I thought when we were talking about it, I actually mentioned it on the show. I thought we need to get Alema's perspective on this because you've kind of been at the front lines of that whole thing. Well, thanks, uh, and I appreciate that. And, and you know, the, it, it's funny because the, the, the truth is that is the blessing and one of the best things that I do for – for my chronic pain, both you know, mental, emotional, and spiritual uh, pain, along with physical pain, is to continue to work with others, share the message of recovery, and and talk about that. So um, you know, there's 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 plenty of ways that we can release endorphins, dopamine into our system, and when you know you're on the opiates, uh, you, you're really you're flooding your system with with uh, these chemicals and um, and it just kind of messes up our body's production and it's trying to get back into um, that natural production of it. And one of the things that we do at Ardu, this is not a uh, promotional piece, but we'll, at Ardu, one of the breakthrough things happening right now is amino acid therapies and rebalancing the brain um, so that it can produce the, the natural chemicals that, that we uh, actually do produce in our bodies to soothe ourselves. So I think, you know, um, I hope at least that we're making some strides in the right direction. When it comes to the marijuana, that, that becomes a, you know, a whole nother um, conversation to have that we'll maybe have at another time uh, with athletes and, and marijuana and whether or not, or not that that's a, an addictive substance, we do know that it is addictive, and, and there is plenty of studies out there. And I don't want to get into a debate with anybody about that, but there's there's information out there on both sides, and that debate continues. See, uh, Jake, I told you. Now, LM, I tell him all the time. He, he <laughs> says you're all about style. I say you're all about substance. And so I think <laughs> we've covered that. You're a deep man. We appreciate your thoughtfulness. And speaking of uh, heavy topics, wanted yeah. to get your thought on on the uh, on the Black Lives Matter movement and the uh, cry for social justice these days, inside and outside of sports. Your thoughts on this, as it has become a major, major topic all around the country. Yeah, and then to be honest, my first thought on this is is measure your words very carefully. Think about what you're what you're going to say. Um, in response to it, uh, not just on the topic, but in response to what your response is to it, because we have become such a hypersensitive society, which, uh, you know, is not a good thing or a bad thing, but something to be certainly conscious of as we're trying to address this topic and any of the other sensitive topics that, that are out there. But certainly this one is on the forefront. 
And so, you know, my thoughts on it are coming from a family where we're, um, you know, I'm a second generation of, a, 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 you know, a, a Americans. My father is Samoan and my mom is Caucasian. And my father dealt with some really probably severe um, instances and situations of, uh, of prejudice and uh, racial injustice and um, and and was a part of really that generation back in the 50s and 60s. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate. It's sad that we we have not made more progress than we have made. My thought is these moments similar to 92, uh, 1992, when we had the riots uh, in L.A. Um, are opportunities for us to have the conversation have it in a meaningful way, and then be able to uh, implement changes that that will have a positive effect on our society. One of the things that we deal with, and, and we deal with it very directly because it's our business, we, we, we talk you know, for a living, is you know, let's be mindful of the things that we are saying. And the, you know, the arenas that, that those words are going to be, um, uh, you know, they're, they're going to resound where, where they're going to be heard. And um, I think that there's some positive things that, that could happen from that where things that were at one time, um, quote unquote, acceptable are, are now unacceptable. Now, you know, I think that that helps us be able to have um, conversations and and, you know, even locker room type conversations with a new level of respect and understanding of the importance of how we talk. And then at the same time, and this is, you know, on the same topic, but a little off, off the topic, is I think that we have to be understanding with each other in the process that these, these, these crimes that we have committed when it comes to racism these uh, things that we have done sometimes in ignorance, they're not unforgivable crimes. You know, there, there are things that, that if you have done those things and, and you understand you're contrite um, and, and are committed to moving forward in a positive way, then let's let that happen too, as opposed to the cancel culture where if you've done anything of that nature, well, you're gone. So for, for me, those are the things that come top of mind, and that's a, probably a lot to digest. But, but for me, that, that's one of the important parts of this whole you know, movement is, okay, let's, let's use this in a positive way to have a conversation that can you know, exact some change that is going to be meaningful, not just for, for us presently, but, but for future generations. Alema, you've tackled some tough stuff with us today, and we really appreciate it. I'd be remiss if we didn't at least ask you a little bit about basketball and the Utah Jazz. And, <laughs> yeah. of course, life without Boyan Bogdanovich. I think this is yeah. the big story going into this thing. Who's going to have to pick up the slack? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, you know, Bowler and I talked about this uh, yesterday on, on, on the ghost cast that, that we did, and that is, you know, that, that there are players that are capable uh, of stepping up and making the difference and everybody or a lot of a lot of us as jazz fans are going to say well that means that that donnie donovan mitchell is going to have to really step up this game and then the comments come from from quinn snyder um 
on first take, and, and he says Donnie's ready to and, and and able to take over games, and that that's fantastic. The good news is that Donnie doesn't have to do this by himself. I think we're going to see uh, Royce step up in, in that regard. I think we're going to see um, uh, Joe Ingles step up in that regard, and 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 uh, and so that there's going to be people that that will step into their own roles and probably you know advance their roles along with Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench and uh, that that can fill up or can can take over that 20 points that you lose with Bogdanovich I'm confident that the the next man up culture that the Jazz have that we will see um a collective uh group um by committee uh, take over and and maybe even exceed what Bogdanovich has done. That doesn't mean that you can replace Boyan because he, he's an incredible player. And I think we've all uh, been impressed with his game, both inside and outside, as far as his scoring ability is concerned. But I, I, I'm confident that between Donovan, Joe, Royce, uh, along with uh, Clarkson, that, that they have the firepower there to be able to step up and – and uh, I think cover the the deficit that, that is going to be left when Bogdanovich is not on the floor. Uh, Lemma, I wanted to ask for some speculation on your part in this regard because I don't think there's any real way of knowing right now. But what role do you think Mike Conley will play in all of this? Will the offense look the same? Or do you think that uh, Quinn will give Mike Conley a little more uh, – brain, I guess, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, uh, to be able to capitalize on some of the things that he might be capable of doing that he didn't necessarily show that often previously here in Utah? You know, uh, Gordon, that's a, that's a great question slash uh, statement uh, about Mike Conley and what he can do for this team. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, just relative to, to what you just stated about Mike, we have not seen the best of Mike Conley yet, uh, in part because it's just been kind of in spurts and then the injury and now COVID-19. Um, I really believe that he will, in these final eight regular season games and into the postseason, this is a guy that we are going to see um, really embrace what his role is. And, and as far as, you know, Quinn Snyder giving him the reins so to speak, I think that 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 will happen as Mike demonstrates to Quinn that that he he is now ready to do that. Now, I think that he is, and we'll see. You know, on July 30th in the first game, what that looks like, and it may not be until the third game of the first eight that that we see it really uh, unfold because guys are trying to get back into game shape and and um, kind of you know gel with each other. But I really think that, that we have not seen the best of Mike Conley yet and that he still has plenty left in, in his playing career and we're going to see it the, the end of this season and into the postseason this year. Elema, it is great to hear your voice. Thanks for jumping on with us and uh, we're excited we're going to get a chance to see you and Thurl do your thing before too long. No, we, are, we are, too. We are, too. And, and uh, always great to talk with you guys. Appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to jump on and, and talk with the, the two of you and your audience and the big show. So thank, thank, thank you very much, and, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Alema. Thanks, Alema. Yeah, thank you. 
All right, there you go. That's uh, Alema Harrington, of course. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We'll have more straight ahead. Our drop of the day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips, coming up 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. And a quick programming note, the 6 o'clock hour, we are going to be airing Doc Talk. Hans Olsen is going to be here with good folks at University of Utah Health uh, doing Doc Talk from 6 to 7. So uh, we will be ending the big show at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. And we thought, since Hans is probably on his way back in here, Gordon, why don't we do a Hans-themed Sounds Sounds of Various Clips? That uh, doc talk is interesting stuff. Hans does a nice job with that. And, of course, the doctors are the stars as well. Uh, I've found that to be pretty informative, uh, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, doc talk has, has always been really informative, and they do. The University of Utah Health has a good lineup of, of doctors that all come on and provide kind of a different perspective but are all very good. I've filled in on that show before. It's a, it's a fun show to host as well. This is That's one of the cases where I think – uh, you know, obviously the doctors are, are well versed in whatever the topic is that they're they're talking about. But Hans, with his background, and uh, has seen a lot of various kinds of things, whether it's knees, elbows, arms, wrists, uh, Achilles, whatever. He hasn't suffered all those things himself, but he has been close to it through the years. So uh, he's uh, well positioned to discuss it as well. So that's good stuff. So we were hoping to make him mad on his way in. You ready? Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Uh, let's start with this. We, we, we've got a couple maybe we're going to try and get to, but I haven't heard this one. But Hans has had some tr- struggles, like myself, with names from time to time. Oh, and uh, this, this particular one came with Brett Jeff McMurphy. From Stadium Network, you can follow him at Brett underscore McMurphy. Brett McMurphy, kind enough to join us on the Sprint special guest line. Well, well look, Jeff, if or sorry, look, uh, Brett, if you're telling me that you've got uh, you've got athletic directors and presidents that I can wish overrule, he did it again. He only do it the once. That was pretty funny. I wish he did it again. Kept going back to the Jeff. Well, listen here, Jeff. <laughs> From Stadium Network, you can follow him at Brett underscore McMurphy underscore at Brett. Un- Brett underscore McMurphy. Brett underscore McMurphy. Sprint special guest line. Well, well look, Jeff. If you, uh, well, look, Jeff. <laughs> look here, Jeff. <laughs> We've all done that. We Come have on. all done that. Yeah, yeah. I had a particularly painful one with the B's new manager. But yeah, we've all yeah. we've all been there. But this one, let, let's play this one because this one is my favorite because I was there for this. Okay. Uh, this is at Pac-12 Media Day. We were talking to Yogi Roth. 
<laughs> and Hans got confused. I love it. The Pac-12 Network's going to run with a few of these things. Mikey M on with us. So, Mikey Yogi Roth. Yogi Roth. Yogi Roth there, I, would, I love that, though. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. Yogi Roth on with us. <laughs> It's a little different when you're sitting right in front of the individual. He was, he was sitting right next to him. <laughs> sitting right next to him. And Hans claims that he saw Mikey M down the way, and that's that's why that happened. But I, I did not see Mikey M down the way. <laughs> if you had seen him, you would have said, Hey, Mike, hey, hey how are you? Uh, yeah, but How the, you doing? That one was particularly funny because, yeah, Yogi Roth was, you know, right there. <laughs> How did Hans respond when uh, he was correct? Oh, he was fine. He was a little yeah. embarrassed. You know, you know Yogi a little bit. He's he's a really nice dude. He didn't he didn't make it he didn't make it any more uncomfortable than it than it needed to be. I don't think he, you heard him right there. He said, "Hey, he likes Mike. You can confuse him for Mike anytime." Well, Jeff Yam on with a so Jeff Yam. <laughs> <laughs> you know they look so much alike, Jake. <laughs> Jeff Yam on with a Jeff Yam here. What's going on, Jeff? That was good. That was, oh. that was good, Austin. Good job. Jeff Yam with us. Anyway, yes, it does happen to us all. It Jeff Yam all with us. Yours that I remember from years and years ago where you mixed up Zane Beatles and Zane Taylor. Yes, that was my moment with the name mix-up, which was really stupid, but... Uh, but it happens. That, That's the that, point. It happens. Is that is that was that one worse than yours? Than mine? No, my yeah. no none is because again worse you were weren't you sitting right in front of him? Or yes, not? Yes, yes, I was. No, I I'm not I'm not defending mine oh, by mentioning one. others. Mine was mine was one for the ages. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. The well, bees you, manager. The one? bees manager. Not one. okay. Yeah. That's the one we're talking about. Yeah, right. There are okay. others. The, thank you. Thank you for reminding me of that, Austin. What was, the, what was the other one, Austin, that you would like to? Oh, I've misidentified myself. I mean, I've I've mis I've messed up a lot of names in my day. There's what What did you say about yourself? <laughs> Nothing. We don't need to go down that road. No, Where have you been? I'm not going to tell that story. And I, the fact that you're asking, the fact that you're asking me what that story is, it's like, what? Well, come on, Gordon. That happened like ten years ago. Where have you been? Radio is not linear. Come on. We no, we're not talking are, about this. We're we never have listeners who are who are listening to. So right this very minute, who do not know the story. That's because I don't tell the story. <laughs> and that's because I'm not going to tell the story. Well, give him a hint. Come on. What happened? I just gave him a hint. I said I misidentified myself. That's it. I don't, what that's the story. That's the story. Say? That's all I'm comfortable with saying. All right. Stay tuned. We have more coming up next. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We've had uh, we've had a lot of fun today so far, uh, Jake. You know, I was thinking during the break, we were talking about messing up names and whatnot. What's your name uh, spelled backwards or pronounced backwards? How do you uh, say it? Tox Cage? <laughs> e cage, e cage, e cage. There you go. Uh, mine's Nasnam Nadrag. You've thought of that before. I have because it sounds funny. 
What's yours? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Anyway. I agree. We mess, we mess up. We mess up names uh, in any direction, including our own. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you for that. Appreciate that's, it. That's, Can we move that's on? As specific as I'm going to get. That's nice of you. I, I, I appreciate that. That's that's mighty thoughtful. You uh, sound guilty. We've got Doc Talk coming up at the top of the six o'clock hour. Make sure. In fact, we can go ahead and line up calls. Uh, if you want to be first in the old rotation, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. If you don't want to use your real name, just say it backwards. There you go. If <laughs> hey, you've got Jake, some what, questions. What's the worst sports injury you ever suffered? Oh, not many. I, w- I was lucky not to not to have anything all that uh all that significant. Other than when Hans dislocated your thumb, that and happened. Put it back into place. That did happen. Uh, but you didn't have any uh, any knees or uh, broken bones or. Gratefully uh, not. I I did break my collarbone at some point, but I have no idea when. <laughs> Do you have any uh, lasting? Uh, uh, symptoms from that? No, not really. Other than just one side, you know, you think of where the front of your collarbone is. One side sticks out way more than the other. That's how I know oh. that I broke it. A doctor, I got a physical for baseball or something when I was a teenager, and my doctor. Was how like, did it happen? I don't know. The doctor said, "Hey, how did you break your collarbone?" And I said, "I have no idea." And he said, "Well, it happened sometime." <laughs> well, man, you must have suffered through a little bit of pain. Well, there's, I, I, I don't know. I, I got hit square in the face because the second baseman couldn't catch a baseball when I was uh, fielding a, a throw coming in from, like, center field. Mm. Like, I'm sliding in feet first, and the throw was a little bit off, and the, totally and completely missed the second baseman's glove and hit me right square in the eye. Oh, you were the base runner. I was the base runner. Sliding oh. in. There's a play at second, right? You can picture the throw coming in. I'm sliding. Uh, the, the, the second baseman has his glove up. Doesn't even deflect the ball. I mean, just completely misses the baseball. Crunch. And it hits me right in the eye. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. That was a trip to the ER, but really just a shiner. Mm. There used to be a fellow who we did radio with here in this town many, many years ago, say over 20 years ago, who was a college tennis player. And he was standing at the net picking well, – while he was he leaned over to pick up a ball. And the guy who he was playing – Got mad and just slammed a ball with his racket, just mad, and it hit it hit uh, this fellow right in the eye, and it tore his. I think it tore his retina. Goodness me, that would hurt. Yeah, hmm. but no, I I've got to say I have been uh, I've been very fortunate not to have many sports injury in injuries in my limited sports career because yeah, but have you ever rough. tried to field a baseball with uh, a patch on your eye? No, I have not. No. I have not yeah. done that. But uh, nor have I uh, pretended to hit a home run left-handed, a grand slam walk-off home run left-handed. Base I haven't, I haven't pr- pretended to do that either. Pretend it's all true. It's all true. I was so embarrassing though when I was trying to to play with a patch on my eye. I I, I mean I would. I, it was bad. It was bad. No depth perception at all. Uh, real quick here, Gordon. Just uh, just to get some news in here that we haven't touched on today. BYU. Uh, has been invited to participate in the Jerry Colangelo Classic to be played at Talking Stick Resort Arena on December 19th. Uh, and this should be a pretty cool event. It's a single-day event. It will feature Gonzaga versus Texas Tech, Arizona State versus BYU, San Francisco versus Grand Canyon, and Northern Arizona versus San Diego. That's a that's a fun event. That's a great that matchup is, for BYU against Arizona State. 
at a, in a terrific location at that time of year. You know, Arizona would be pretty nice December 19th. So, yeah, I saw that. BYU uh, having an opportunity to uh, participate in a really good event. Here's Mark Pope's thoughts on it. Quote, this is going to be a great event for college basketball fans. We're really excited about the opportunity to play at a great venue against a great program in Arizona State. But we're more excited to play in an area that is a hotbed of BYU fans. We have great fans all over the country, and we can't wait to play in front of Cougar fans in Arizona, unquote. Yeah, all true. All true. I think there's a lot, uh, I think, believe it or not, there's a lot of pressure on, on Pope. He wasn't uh, able to fully realize the momentum of last season, and now even though they didn't see how far they could go, he's still expected to turn over the roster and continue his success. That's that's not a small task. Well, with Matt Harms coming in, uh, that's a very highly thought of uh, graduate transfer. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he – because this BYU team is going to be really, really tall. And I'm I'm fascinated to see what can Matt Harms do at BYU that he couldn't do at Purdue. I don't know how far has his game come. I, w- I wonder. Yeah, We'd have to get a little more familiar with it, right? Because he's he's not a, a dominant offensive player, certainly. Well, obviously, he thought he could do more than what he was given an opportunity there at Purdue, and I think that ruffled some feathers back there. But uh, it, uh, Mark Pope did a fantastic job of convincing him that he could get the best out of them. And that's pretty much what any college player who has aspirations for playing pro basketball wants. I know, so, but and, and Mark Mark Pope deserves credit, don't get me wrong, but I still get caught up in the fact that there was a lot of talent on that BYU team. And and yes, Pope brought in Toulson and a couple of other players and certainly deserves that credit, but I mean, uh, you know, TJ Haas, really good. Yoli Childs, really good basketball player. I mean, he's... He had some stuff to work work with. Didn't but he? those guys were all there the year before, other than Toulson. Yeah, and players get better, and players well, get healthier too. I, I think Pope deserves a lot of credit. I think he he found a way. I remember talking with I think it was Toulson. He said he'd never been around a coach who could demand so much out of his players and yet be so so uh, encouraging at the same time. And that's a unique combination. Maybe it's Yoli who said that, but uh, which, anyway. which I believe all of that. But I, I mean, it's a little bit of the the Urban Meyer thing, right? You know, Urban picked his spots because he knew he could go in there because there were good players already there, and he could <laughs> tighten up the ship a little bit and end up looking really, really good. I'm not saying that that this is the story of Mark Pope, but there's a little bit of that there where he took over a situation that was really good. And he had to put the pieces together a little bit. But it's not like the situation that, that Coach Kraskoviak took over for Jim Boylan at Utah, where he was starting with players that didn't even belong on a church ball court. Well, what kind of standard are you looking for here? He made his team better. Of course a player is going to play a role in that. Well, I'm not, I'm not Mark saying Pope he's chopped liver. Mark, Pope, Mark Pope's the one who orchestrated the whole thing. Well, I'm just saying. Let, let's not pretend like when Urban Meyer goes over, goes down to, to the <laughs> University of Florida and grabs that team with Chris Leak at the helm, that he was taking over Bowling Green again. That's all I'm saying. All right, I see. So you, you, what made you hate Mark Pope? Okay, okay. That's why I think this year is going to be interesting. How does he rebuild on the fly and get the most out of the the next group of players that won't be exper- as experienced? That's a big storyline. Up with Hope, down with Pope. 
Stop it. Is that what you're saying? Would you stop it? Stop putting words in my mouth, sir. I think he's a pretty quality dude. I think he's going to see some success at BYU as long as the Cougars are fortunate to have him. Quality coach or quality dude? Because you can be both, but you can, well, you I, can I be mean, one I'm, or the other as well. As we, not, That's a college basketball joke part. Poorly delivered. Know, I apologize. It's kind of funny because I called him uh, before he had left UVU. I think it was before his final season at UVU. And I said... Hey, Mark, you know, I, I think it'd be really good for you to come on the show with us on a regular basis. And he said, yeah, I will. And I think we had him on once or twice, but we didn't have him on regularly. We probably should have, but because he was he was Should have had a better really. producer. No, it wasn't your fault. He I is a cool I, brought, I think I might have mentioned it to you, but I don't think I ever really followed up on it. It was probably my fault. But uh, anyway, the point is, the guy knows what he's doing as a coach, and I, I, think, we're gonna, I think that will be – uh, manifest as time goes by. I'm not sure. I don't know whether they're going to be world beaters this next season, but uh, I, I think he's going to be represent himself pretty well. All right, Gordo, uh, you have yourself a fantastic evening. I will talk to you tomorrow for a Friday edition of The Big Show. All right, Jake. Uh, do you want to uh, send us off with, uh, with some kind of uh, – Something really powerful, really uh, intriguing, really uh, compelling. Okay, I got it. I got it. Are you ready? Okay, <clears throat> I knew you would. Here we go. Doc Talk is coming up next. <laughs> Line up the phone lines now, 855-340-ZONE. I'm, I'm looking across the glass at Hans Olsen right now. He's going to be here uh, with the good folks at University of Utah Health and uh, should be a very compelling listen. Please stick wow. around. That's genius there. How Thank do you. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know. Just sort of came to me. <laughs> All right. Stay safe, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow, Gordo. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show. Doc Talks next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell.